On last week's episode, we discussed the future of connected wearables and smart clothing. We heard from Paul Dillinger, head of global product innovation for Levi Strauss, who is developing connected clothing. Paul Winsper, VP of Athlete Performance at Under Armour, who is creating clothing that uses data to boost athletic performance. And Natasha Frank, founder and CEO of the startup Eon, who is leveraging smart chip technology to connect consumers to manufacturers to drive better sustainability and new customer experiences. The automobile has forever changed the way we're able to reach one another and stay connected over great distances. But imagine a future where our cars could connect to each other. The next generation of wireless innovation with future 5G networks will create new opportunities for connected consumers and the ever-changing landscape of the automotive industry. Thanks to support from T-Mobile for Business, today we'll explore how advancements in 5G connectivity will enable innovations in transportation that will shape the way consumers travel and commute. We're trying to evolve and reinvent rental. And we need to evolve to meet it with the vehicles that people want to utilize. And then how we manage those vehicles, which is primarily now going to be data-driven. And that also means that we have to communicate not only really well with our customers, we have to communicate really well and in real time with our cars. That's Arthur Ordunia. Chief Innovation Officer at Avis Budget Group, the global car rental company that also owns the popular car sharing service, Zipcar. Right now, we maintain on average about anywhere between 500 to 600,000 global fleet because we go up and down. So we ended the year well over 200,000 of our fleet now completely connected. Arthur makes a distinction between the regular fleet and the connected fleet. And an important part of his responsibility is to make sure more and more of the fleet is connected. What does it mean to be able then to talk to a car and have that car talk to us? There really isn't an industry standard definition. Our definition is really tied to about five requirements. So we leverage GPS to give us real-time location. We use telemetry in the car to give us the second requirement, which is real-time mileage. We want to know how many miles are on that car at any given point. The third is fuel. We want to know to within a tenth of a gallon or a liter how much fuel is in that car, if it's an internal combustion engine, or what percentage of charge, if it's a hybrid or an EV. The fourth is real-time communication with the other systems of the car. So low tire pressure is one example. And then the fifth one is lock, unlock, slash immobilization, remotely, like through the cloud. And that's what is key for Zipcar. What Arthur describes, and the way people can now interact with connected cars, is radically different from what it was like to rent a car just 10 years ago, when it was normal to wait in line and haphazardly look for your car in a sea of similar-looking vehicles. And for businesses who oversee large fleets of vehicles whether car rental, ride-sharing, or even mass transit, there are powerful commercial benefits to having more data about utilization. One of the technological advancements that has allowed for many of these changes to take place is improved wireless networks. But we're only at the beginning of that story. 
In this episode, we look at how 5G could transform mobility, whether you're renting a connected car or riding in a fully autonomous vehicle. I'm Osvaloshin. Welcome to This Time Tomorrow. So, Carol, when I think about all the advancements that have come along since the smartphone and 4G, some of the first that come to mind are related to how we get around. And when was the last time you bought a guidebook when you went to a new city? No, I don't do that. (laughs) Um, I turn my phone on when I arrive, and I use Google Maps to figure out if there's public transportation to get me where I'm going. And if there isn't, I call Uber, and I find somewhere to go to lunch on Yelp. And then sometimes if I have landed and don't know where to stay, yes, that happens, I... (laughs) Look on Airbnb. Right. I mean, I uh, confess I have actually bought uh, guidebooks very recently. On a papyrus? <laughs> on on papyrus. papyrus scroll within the last three months. But even at home, you know, we can access bike shares, figure out when to leave to get on the subway so we arrive at work on time, look at live traffic, pick a route accordingly. In fact, Qualcomm, who we spoke to in episode one and who make the chips that power many 4G devices, early investors in Waze, the mapping software, presumably because they believe mobility could be transformed by connectivity. Yeah, you know, nobody could have predicted exactly how 4G would transform mobility, but the effects have been huge. You and I were at CES a little ways back in Las Vegas, and we saw so many booths where companies were discussing how The future 5G networks might transform different parts of transportation, everything from autonomous vehicles to drones to my personal favorite, last-mile logistics, which is how a package will get to my house. (laughs) The package queen. (laughs) Um, But there are potential benefits from 5G in the world of mobility, in everything from easing traffic congestion to safety and even mitigating environmental impact through more efficient traffic networks. And then, of course, there's making better customer experiences. And then, of course, there are the long-promised self-driving cars. I feel like there's a little bit of self-driving car fatigue because we've been talking about them for so long. But a few months ago, I actually saw a really interesting article about a company called Voyage who are pioneering autonomous vehicles in retirement communities. And this struck me as a super interesting use case. So I actually got to speak to the CEO and founder, Oliver Cameron. And I spoke to Marcus Welts, who you and I met at CES, and who runs the intelligent traffic systems business for Siemens here in the U.S. His experience is in intelligent infrastructure, and we talked about how 5G could change the way we use public transport. Before we get there, though, let's go back to Arthur and how he's working to integrate technology and connectivity to transform Avis Budget's business. The problem set that rental solves is not going to go away anytime in the near or long-term future because that problem set is, hey, I don't have access to the car or the vehicle that I own. I'm in the next city over or I'm on the other side of the world. I need some mobility. So I think today and for the last 70 years, that solution has been, here's a car. Do you need it for an hour? Then become a Zipcar member. Do you need it for a couple of weeks? or for a couple of days, then here's Avis or here's Budget. In order to improve on the experience of renting a car, whether for an hour or for a few days, Avis Budget didn't simply chase new technology. They turned to their users. We took a product design approach to solve a customer problem. So we actually began with a customer journey that said, how do people consume our product today? Instead of just saying, oh, let's create a new mobile app and make it look pretty. We identified the key problem sets, including not wanting to stand in line, 
and said, okay, how do we actually then create a solution for that? Oh, well, it ought to be in people's pockets so that they can discover at any time and utilize it. Oh, they don't want to stand on the counter. They want to bypass it. Oh, that sounds cool. Oh, it's if it's a connected car and it's raining out there, can we just make sure you can turn on the lights or honk the horn? There it is. And then unlock the car really quickly. Can I get out of this parking lot or out of this garage really quickly? If we can authenticate that it's the right person in the right car on the right day and time, sure, go ahead, leave. After making it possible for people to more easily connect with their rental cars, Arthur and his team got feedback from another important group of stakeholders, Avis Budget employees. What happens when you start listening as well to your employees and you start thinking about them as customers? And then suddenly we had another we had another set of customer journey and pain points, but it was tied to the life cycle of the car. How about our folks and our colleagues who actually have to rent these cars out, have to maintain and manage them, have to repair them, have to clean and gas them, have to shuttle them from one location to another, and we have to do so at 11,000 locations. Isn't there a better way of doing that? How about connecting to our employees and to our fleet? At the heart of Arthur's efforts to better serve customers and employees is better connection to the vehicles in the fleet. It allows customers to skip lines and employees to track vehicle life cycles so they can detect things like a car that's supposed to be rented on the same day it needs to have a tire changed. If this type of business enabled by connectivity is already happening, I was curious what changes the higher bandwidth and lower latency promised by future 5G networks could enable for Arthur and his team. I actually have started to talk heavily about what 5G could bring. V to X is what fast communication could afford. By V2X, Arthur means vehicle-to-infrastructure communication, and that could have far-reaching implications for how we get around. One of those natural partners is a city, right? So could we exchange data with a city that provides us safer, smart routes in real time? And in exchange for that, could we give data back to the city that our sensors collect that give them conditions of roads? that we traverse on a daily basis with lots and lots of cars so that they can understand in real time which roads actually need to be repaired when. So it's our expertise in next generation fleet management and connectivity that if cities want to see fewer and fewer private vehicles, right, individually owned vehicles on the road, that actually matches our ambition. Who's owning and managing those fleets? We think it could be us. Leveraging connectivity, which we learned beginning with Zipcar, but expanding Avis Budget Group into hopefully a potential leadership position for the next generation of mobility. So, Kara, what I find really interesting about what Arthur said is that let's say we do find ourselves in this fully autonomous world where we can call up a self-driving car whenever we need it and get to where we need to go. Someone still needs to manage the fleet, Right. There needs to be humans in the loop. And a pretty intricate system needs to be put in place to make sure those vehicles are ready for the road. I've walked by many a city bike stand and seen some bikes that no longer look like bicycles. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me think how important it is that bike operating companies have good data. Good data to understand what's going on with the bikes, who's using them, whether they need a tune-up. And data has really become such an important driver of the new economy. And that's what kind of what Arthur was saying. All of a sudden, the data created by Avis Budget's connected vehicles 
positions them to partner with cities on all kinds of future mobility initiatives. And as we know, the promise of future 5G networks is all about collecting more data and processing it more efficiently to inform better decision-making. Yeah, and in the case of data generated by self-driving cars, according to TechCrunch, Waymo, which is Google's self-driving car project, has driven 10 million miles on real roads and 10 billion simulated miles. The data from the real roads constantly makes the simulation more realistic, and 5G networks promise to make the data gathered from vehicles much richer. That said, it's not clear if and how autonomous vehicles will fully roll out. To find out more, I spoke with Oliver Cameron, the CEO of an autonomous vehicle company called Voyage. What we're really focused on at Voyage is delivering on the promise of self-driving cars. This technology has this immense, you know, amount of potential, but in many cases, it's just words, right? We're all, you know, dreaming of this future. Oliver is right. Despite all the talk, self-driving cars still seem like something reserved for the far-off future. But in the last few years, the concept of letting a vehicle drive you around became a real possibility. But there are so many regulatory and cultural barriers to mass adoption. So Voyage is going after a very specific use case, where the demand is higher and the barriers to entry are lower. And what we're really trying to do is bring this technology to market sooner and in a really impactful way. We want to really focus on just one customer and deliver a product for them. I very much believe that this technology is going to go through a time where it's real and it's out there, but people are still using human-driven lifts and Ubers and e-bikes and scooters and public transportation and all these sorts of things. And what we've really tried to do is find a customer who doesn't have those alternatives and deliver them that self-driving car that can serve as their primary means of transportation. And we have some great early signs that seniors are going to be using our product 10 times a day versus, you know, twice a week, like non-seniors. Seniors are 17 times more likely to suffer a fatality in a car crash than a non-senior. Seniors today are outliving their ability to drive by about 7 to 10 years. So that means for a significant chunk of everyone's lives, they are not driving. And as we all know, driving is synonymous with independence and freedom. Transportation for people who are of advanced age and maybe can't drive on their own is a way to have autonomy. And like Oliver said, this can radically increase quality of life, including the ability to socialize and get places on their own terms. But there was another reason Voyage felt they could target this market. A significant number of senior citizens live in these retirement communities. And, you know, as a, at the time, late 20s Silicon Valley type, I, I will admit that I, you know, was not too well versed in this part of real estate. And what I learned was two things. One is that these kind of all-in-one communities for seniors is a, a huge market. Some of these communities are hundreds of thousands of people big. That is bigger than many towns across the country. And then the second thing that we discovered is that many of these places are master planned. They reduce speed limits. They add more structure to the roadways that they build in these communities. That means less unprotected left turns and more intersections. It means that you make the lanes that little bit wider. 
And I couldn't think of a better analogy for the state of the art in self-driving cars in 2017. So we see senior citizens as our go-to-market. It's our Amazon books, if you will. Amazon, of course, didn't try and build everything from day one. And we're going to really build momentum in that market. And then we'll continue to expand. Cities present a lot of challenges to self-driving cars. Anyone who has driven in New York City or Los Angeles can tell you that it's unpredictable and complicated. Choosing these carefully built communities was a safe and effective way for Voyage to pilot their self-driving cars. Our self-driving technology is really designed for zero to 25 miles an hour today. That does not mean that we need to revamp it or rewrite it for zero to 35, zero to 45. It just means we'll need to spend that extra time validating and refining a few things to get it ready. But our technology is capable of handling a ton of complexity, whether it's roundabouts, unprotected lefts, intersections, jaywalkers, you know, lots of the craziness you see on the roads today. We're really interested right now in getting the recipe correct. We're not going to do this in a rush. This is a a three-ton vehicle that is moving around the world and is controlled by software that we write. So we are very cognizant of that responsibility and that kind of commitment to safety. With so much buzz around self-driving cars, unless you've been in one, It's hard to grasp what's reality, what's ambition, and what's actually possible for the future. So today, our vehicles have test drivers behind the wheel to really enable us to stress test this technology. That's an industry standard at this point in time. Like most of the industry, these self-driving cars don't drive like humans. They drive a little robotically And they're very, very precise, right? Which from a safety perspective, you can argue is tremendous. But from a comfort feel, it's a little disorientating. It has 360 degree vision. It can see, in our case, up to 300 meters around it. And it has superhuman vision through a bunch of different modalities. So, you know, it's reacting to things that humans just don't really perceive. It's almost too precise in how it drives. And it needs some of that sort of human feel in how it overtakes vehicles. It's a testament to how far self-driving technology has come that the problem set Oliver is working on has moved from safety to how to get autonomous vehicles to safely mimic a human feel. One of the other big challenges is marketing, and I wondered how you successfully persuade seniors to adopt an unusual technology. One of the things that actually surprised me in the very beginning is that I heard a lot that seniors may, in many cases, avoid adopting new technologies. I learned from many seniors who kind of schooled me on this is that, you know, we younger folks like to think of self-driving cars as this amazing cutting-edge innovation and, oh my God, this is going to transform cities. And seniors have heard this story many times because, for example, our oldest passenger was 95 years old. And this senior likes to tell me quite frequently that she remembers growing up and riding in a horse and cart, that that was a thing, you know? And this senior growing up has seen the birth of flight, the birth of the automobile, the birth of mass transit. They've just seen all of these many different transportation innovations. So you tell them, hey, come for a ride in a self-driving car. And I had hoped that people would be kind of jumping in their seats with excitement. But, you know, many of these seniors are like, so what? I I took a plane ride in the 50s and I'll tell you all about that story. 
Oliver's ultimate vision is for the computational power that autonomous vehicles require to be housed in the car itself so it can make safe decisions even if network connection fails. But he also sees many potentially transformative benefits that could come with future 5G networks. There's definitely benefits to 5G in the logistics, let's say, of operating self-driving vehicles. The more information we can send about the vehicle over the network, the more a human can better aid the vehicle. It's clear to me that humans are going to be involved in aiding the fleets of self-driving cars for quite some time. Whether it's dispatching, rerouting, customer support, humans are going to be integral to that. Will it be beneficial to have a low latency connection to each and every vehicle through 5G? That's going to be you know, hugely beneficial for those things. Oliver is talking about 5G enabling efficient fleet management, which would benefit businesses. But he also sees the potential for real benefits to consumers, as autonomous vehicles will be able to use real-time data to plan more efficient journeys. Today, when we go out for the day, we begin the day by downloading the freshest maps. If anything changes construction or what have you, that map is instantly stale. So would it be beneficial for in-the-moment construction to be noted in that map and then pushed within seconds to every vehicle that's currently operating, for sure. Being able to send over any information because latency and network bandwidth is not a concern, that's amazing. So lots of benefits to 5G for sure that we'll adopt progressively. We're excited about those. The future with 5G is coming. Today, T-Mobile is leading the 5G charge with $30 billion invested in their network to deliver new capabilities. Improved connectivity and true mobility provided by an advanced network from T-Mobile for Business could change the way we all live and work. The 5G era will take the best technologies available today in the wireless space so that you can offer new capabilities to your business customers. T-Mobile for Business knows that the future of business will be powered by advancements in wireless networks, with these new technologies opening the doors for better ways to get the job done. Business is changing. Learn more at T-MobileForBusiness.com. So, Oz, it was interesting to hear Oliver talking about a future of autonomous vehicles where humans actually remain in the loop not on decisions related to the actual car driving, but in terms of fleet management, logistics, and presumably customer service. Right. Well, the reason mobility is such a hard problem is because it's so complex. There's so many interactions between people and cars, people and infrastructure, cars and infrastructure, that all need to happen in real time. And so although Voyage is building towards a future where autonomous vehicles can operate without network connection— There are all sorts of benefits you can imagine in a world of 5G, things like much improved real-time mapping. Imagine all the time you'd have on your hands if you didn't have to drive. You know, right now, if you drive, you can listen to podcasts, but 5G could actually enable live streaming video to vehicles at a massive scale. We focused so far in this episode quite heavily on cars, but future 5G networks promise to transform all kinds of vehicles, and in particular, the interaction between different modes of transportation. 
This is something that Marcus Wells spends a lot of time thinking about. He's the head of the Siemens intelligent traffic systems business in the US. And from his perspective, connectivity can play an essential role in making transport more efficient by allowing us to more easily access different modes. So what we do specifically from Siemens Intelligent Traffic Systems is at the one hand, accelerating public transit in cities. We are also integrating public transit systems into overall traffic management systems. And with that, they know exactly which buses are delays and which mitigation measures to take in order to get those buses back on time. Marcus is responsible for creating products that cities buy to make life for commuters easier and to connect underserved communities. Car density is increasing significantly and the answer cannot be building more roads. So we need to consume the infrastructure more efficiently. And part of the answer is also an efficient and attractive transit systems. Also in five years and even in 10 years, it won't be just the cars themselves which are getting smarter, but also the infrastructure where we can do better is integrating them into bigger things and really look at mobility in a city more holistically. Because ultimately, what we need to do in order to get people out of the car and into a transit system is to think from a traveler's and commuter's perspective. The key to a more sustainable transport situation in cities is certainly also driven by integration of the various modes. One recent project Siemens has worked on is an overhaul of the transportation system in Columbus, Ohio, an initiative called Smart Columbus. We are equipping their transit fleet with the equipment in order to communicate with the infrastructure in real time. So, for instance, that a bus driver gets a warning if he or she is on an impending red light violation. And in Columbus, we are integrating the rail car, the bus system, ride hailing, car sharing, the taxis and the fleet of scooters into one system. Here you can download the app, the city branded app and plan, book and pay your trips. Rather than opening individual apps, you just plan and pay your ticket once door to door. Marcus deals with all kinds of modes of transport, but autonomy and autonomous vehicles are very much top of mind, even if his focus is not on cars. A traffic jam with no human driver is still a traffic jam. So rather than thinking one for one, rather than using self-driving vehicle technology as replacement for an individual car, what I believe is that an autonomous driving car can very well be used as a technology to enhance public transport again. Because one of the biggest challenges is the first and last mile in any transit system. So imagine that those areas in a city which are currently underserved in terms of public transport, that a fleet of self-driving buses could very well solve that problem. In Marx's vision, real-time user demand could alter the routes of public buses, and that would be a profound change to how we think about mobility and whether we even feel like we need to own private cars. This could only be possible in a world of seamless, high-bandwidth connectivity that the next generation of wireless promises. And there are other areas where the promise of future 5G networks 
excites markets. So whenever 5G is ready for broad deployment, this will give more and faster access to data, which will enable new applications. Today, we are collecting data for vehicles, and this is being used to mitigate congestion, for instance, to redirect traffic, to close a lane, to change the pattern. So imagine if all the cars will tell us where they are in real time. Potentially, if all cars are equipped with 5G technologies, we can get real-time data from all the vehicles at the same time, and they can be processed efficiently and then made available very quickly to the road users again. So all this cycle between data collection, processing, and ultimately bringing it back to the road user or to a traveler in real time will get way more efficient. Available now from iHeart, a new series presented by T-Mobile for Business, The Restless Ones. Join host Jonathan Strickland as he explores the upcoming 5G revolution and the business leaders who stand right on the cutting edge. There are certain decision makers who are restless. They know there is a better way to get things done, and they're ready, curious, and excited for the next technological innovation to unlock their vision of the future. These restless ones are in pursuit of bigger, better, smarter, stronger. They seek new partners, new strategies, new processes. They pursue innovative platforms and solutions to propel their teams, businesses, and industries forward. In each episode, we'll learn more from the restless ones themselves and dive deep into how they think the 5G revolution could propel their business forward. The Restless Ones is now available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Garrett, self-driving cars capture so much attention, and I think we intuitively think of them as being the next iteration of the private vehicle. But I love what Marcus says, a traffic jam of autonomous vehicles is still a traffic jam. And if we think a bit more broadly, perhaps autonomy could mean we actually need fewer vehicles on the road. Yeah, I definitely think we're moving towards a world where we don't each need to individually own a car. And it would kind of be amazing if you, for example, lived a few miles from the closest train and an autonomous vehicle could pick you up and deliver you to that mass transit station. And if that autonomous vehicle could be communicating with the wider traffic system and the city to, say, monitor where potholes are. And also, if that car could be connected to mass transit and know if the train was on time or running late. This time tomorrow... Perhaps autonomous buses could pick people up and take them to where they need to go because they can adapt in real time to people's needs and have flexible routes. Like Marcus said, intelligent traffic systems can give people more freedom at the same time as being more cost-effective. Cost-effective for people and communities. To me, it's really clear that in order for this to work, we need to have a really strong and fast network that can sustain this massive landscape of devices. And that's exactly where 5G could play a huge role. On the next episode of This Time Tomorrow, we'll look at how advancements in technology and wireless connectivity are changing the manufacturing industry, from worker safety to the use of cutting-edge robotics. I'm Oz Veloshin. See you next time. No matter what you're after, T-Mobile for Business is here, with a network born mobile and built from the ground up for the next wave of innovation. From mobile broadband to IoT to workforce mobility and everything in between, 
T-Mobile for Business is committed to helping you move your business forward with the products and services you need, as well as the dedicated, award-winning customer service you'd expect from America's most loved wireless company. Business is changing. Learn more at T-Mobile for Business.com.